Right now we're in the book of Hebrews. Let's, uh, let's pray and jump in, shall we? Our Father and God, we just thank you for the opportunity to study your word. We want to see Jesus here this morning through the pages of Scripture. In Jesus' name we ask, amen. Now, last week we finished the first three verses of chapter 2, but we're going to back up, just kind of get a running start this. We're going to get like chapter 2, verse 1. Therefore, we ought, and therefore is what's gone on before. Jesus, the creator. Jesus, greater than the angels. And he starts out and he says, therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. How, have, has anyone besides me ever experienced that in the Christian life, that slipping? You know, to maintain your, your, your Christianity, it, it's effort, and there's, well, to maintain anything, to maintain your house, to maintain your lawn, to maintain relationships, to maintain your marriage, to maintain your job, to ma- it takes effort. To maintain a relationship with Jesus Christ maintains effort. What, to, what do you do if you, how do you slip? You just don't do anything. Um, I remember me and Suze were walking, I think it was last summer, might have been this summer, the, the Time just slipped by. Remember that boat that was uh, going down the river when we were on that, uh, the, the trail? And was, when was that? Was that last year or this year? It was last year. I thought it was. So last time we were walking on that uh, trail in Belfast. It used to be a railroad bed, right? The rail trail. A rail trail. They ripped it all up, and now it's a lovely walking path. If you've never been along that, it's really very nice. As so we were walking down, and there's this boat, like a a dinghy, uh, a rowboat, and it was just working its way down the river because of the tide, you know? And I, I thought, there might be somebody in that because you can see over the side from the shore. And I was thinking some guy was out there fishing, keeled over, had a heart attack or something, that's what I was thinking, or somebody put a baby in it, or because you have all these crazy thoughts. You see this unmanned boat going down the river, drifting. I don't know if it was a, had a puppy or <laughs> kitten. That, I don't know, you know what I mean? So anyway, we hurried our pace and we crossed the bridge so we could see when it went under the bridge if there was anything in it. Because I had thought, you know, uh, if the, let's say we had an elderly gentleman who was fishing, he had a heart attack like I was suspecting might have happened. Because then he'd be flowing down the river, he wouldn't be paddling or anything, right? So it would have been an easy thing to just jump in the, off the bridge, swim to it, and, you know, take it to the shore. It, I mean, some of the, I swim like a fish. That, that wouldn't have been a problem to me. Uh, you know, or, it, it, you know, even if you didn't swim, uh, you, you'd, you'd see somebody in it. You'd call for help. You'd, you'd get the right people to respond. And, uh, and uh, as it turned out, there was nobody in it. Nothing happened. And then what would we think? Then what do we do? Nothing. <laughs> it's just a, somebody will figure it out and take it back to whoever. Because it's, you know, it's, I would, I, I'm not getting wet over this, you know. No, no problem, no, no reason being heroic when you don't have any, anything to be heroic about. Uh, it was just, but that's how it is. What do, you, what do you need to do? You need to secure something like that, uh, tie it up to the dock. You need it to have an anchor. It won't move. Your life needs that too. You need an anchor. You need to be, you need to be secured or you're going to start slipping away. And this is what the, uh, the author of uh, 
the book of Hebrews is saying. We ought to give the more earnest, earnest, <laughs> earnest heed uh, to the things which we have heard. Lest any time we should let them slip. Because that's how it is. You know, I knew things about Scripture yesterday, last week, last month, last year that I don't know today. I mean, they're there somewhere, but I can't recollect them. I can't summon them up. I can't uh, reference them like I once did. Why? Because that's the way your brain works. It slips away. So the way your whole body works. Uh, you had a, you're, you're, you, eat, you eat nutritionally, you eat healthy, what, last week, last month. I had this one meal last month. Oh, it was so good. So many vitamins, so much nutrition. Lasted me a whole month, right? It never works that way. You didn't even notice how on Thanksgiving, or, or worse, the men's conference, you eat so much food, right? Uh, you just, you know, you, you're thinking, oh, I wish I had my stretchy pants. I didn't do that this year. I just ate, I just ate a lot. I didn't eat, like, so huge amount that I made myself sick. I'm showing some restraint in my old age. But you've had Thanksgiving dinner, and you're sitting there, like, try, pretending to watch the football game and just kind of your eyes getting all, and then and praying for death because you're just busting the seams of your trousers and stuff like that. You ate way more than a person should eat. And then what happens? You, you sit and you watch a football game for a half hour, and then they bring out the pie, <laughs> and you're like, okay, let's go for this again. And what happens the next day? You're hungry again. That's how it works, you know. You need to constantly fill up with the Word of God. You, like, you need to constantly fill up with food to maintain a healthy regimen. Or it's called slip, and you start sliding away. And you don't have to do anything to slide. It's, and we've got we to gotta listen because if the word spoken by angels was steadfast and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense for reward, we talked about this last week. Remember the guy picking up sticks on the Sabbath? And they arrested him. And they prayed, oh, Lord, what do you want us to do? What do you, what do you want us to do? Put him to death. We're thinking, wow, God, what's going on here? You're like, mellow out, God, just chill. You, you know, God woke up on the wrong side of the bed or something. No, 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 you've got to stand something. You who have been bathed in grace, you have to understand something. The wages of sin is death. That was a just recompense. That was a fair treatment of what happened. We're, hey, listen, can I ask you this? Can I put it this way. How many of you guys ever in your whole life ever, you think you've done something worse than picking up sticks on the Sabbath? Okay, let the record show most everyone raise their hand except if you were too lazy or indifferent or didn't hear the question. Because most of us feel like, yeah, yeah, I've done like way worse than that. But here we are. What happened? It's called grace. It's called mercy. It's, for, it's called forgiveness. But that was just. That was, that was meat. That was, it, was, it, was, it was the right penalty for the crime. If that if the word spoken by angels, and the point is angels, because he's talking about Jesus Christ greater than the angels, and, the, and, the, and the, they had to do with the delivering of the law. If you disobeyed angels by picking up sticks on the Sabbath and you got killed for it, okay, fair enough. Well, how much more, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? I think that's eminently reasonable. I don't care about Jesus. I don't care about the cross. I don't care about his bloodshed for me. I don't care. And then you stand before Jesus Christ with that, uttering those phrases. 
God's saying, why should I let you into my heaven? Well, the God that we're going to deal with is Jesus Christ because Jesus said, the Father is, he's left all judgment to me. So you stand before Jesus saying, I don't care about you. I don't care about your cross. And you think you're going to get into heaven? No, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? I want you to understand something about your salvation. It's great. I mean, it's tremendous. It's incredible. It's, it's superior. He's given us all things pertaining to life and godliness. We were just singing how, uh, how we overcome sin by what he set us free at last. This is incredible salvation. I mean, what, what other salvation is there? Like, you got like AA, you're an alcoholic, you go to AA meetings, are you set free? You're going to keep making those meetings. And you count and they give you a little chip when you make a week or a month or a year. And you trade in your, you know, one-year chip for your two-year chip. And you go forever. Is that deliverance? I guess it's a type of deliverance. I don't drink at all. And I don't make meetings. Thank you, Jesus. Say, well, you never had a problem. Oh, you don't know anything. You, you have no idea what kind of problems I had. And by the way, I just want to remind you, I was in the Marine Corps. Um, I don't know if you've ever noticed, but Marines are given to uh, tipping back an adult beverage every once in a while, okay? What happened in my situation? God delivered me. It's a great salvation. Not only am I delivered from alcohol, okay, or, but here's the other part about it. I'm going to heaven forever. He's, he's adopted me into his forever family. Thank you, Jesus. That's kind of a great salvation. Appreciate that. Uh, everything that you see in the whole worldwide world, that's mine. Oh, and yours. I, I don't mind sharing. I mean, there's plenty. I can't enjoy it all, right? What, what, what are you talking about? Well, the meek shall inherit the earth. Every, Jesus is the son. He's the heir. And everything he's got coming to him is given to us. Isn't that crazy, incredible? It's a great salvation, uh, now, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which is the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him? Uh, now, if I had one verse where I was trying to prove that Paul was not the author, I would use this verse. He, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord, that's Jesus, and was confirmed unto us, by them that heard him. Like Peter, like, like Paul, like James, and like John. He heard him and they passed on what they heard to what? Us, who didn't hear him. Paul would never put himself in that category because we know about Paul's. Now, does that prove unequivocally that Paul didn't write this? Well, obviously not. I always kind of felt that Paul, and I still feel that Paul did write this, but that Anytime that you're talking about that argument, factor in this verse. Because it sounds like this is a second generation Christian, someone who didn't hear the Lord. Is that important that, they, that we hear him? Well, you can write a book of the Bible without meeting Jesus personally if this book was written by some. And there's always these people, well, Apollos wrote it, well, this one wrote it, well, this one wrote it. And I don't, I, again, you can go in that debate as long as you want. Uh, the fact that we don't really, really, really know doesn't bother me at all. God also bearing them witness, both with signs and wonders and with diverse miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. They heard him, and then God was bearing them witness with signs and wonders. Uh, you, you, wonder, you wonder why sometimes, like, 
How many, how many, if you were in charge, you'd see a lot more miracles today? Really? Just a couple? Because I, I, almost everyone I talk to, aren't there people you'd like to see healed? Don't you pray for healing? And healing doesn't happen very often. Not miraculous. I mean, you know, treatment happens. Very expensive, very costly treatment happens. So I'm seeing physical therapists about this paw that I had the incident back along. And we visited there before. We don't need to embarrass me all over again. Uh, and w- what about this physical therapy? Have you been getting bills on this? Of course you have. There's always a copay involved. And we have this like deductible where I work and probably where you work. Several, they ain't going to pay a penny until we've met the deductible of several thousand dollars. Would have helped me immensely. And I'm building this garage left-handed, one-handed with my left hand, and friends. And by the way, I want to thank Carmen in particular, and everyone who's given me a hand here. Carmen's like, he's my guy. He's like, he shows up early, stays late, and does more work than I could ever do on a good day when I'm healthy, okay? But it's hard doing things one hand. So God, couldn't you just heal me? Do you think I ever prayed for that? Well, yes, I did. Lord, I don't want... I, you, you, you've... You've attacked me in such and such a way I'm as weak as a kitten. You think I want to be weak as a kitten? It's humiliating, honey. Will you cut my steak, please? You think that's not humiliating? Uh, This brood of a wife, strong, strong, strong woman, right? She gave me a salad, and she put uh, the the salad dressing in one of these little plastic containers where you screw the lid on. Okay, That's, that's fine. Hey, thanks for making my lunch all the time. I really appreciate that. And by the way, I really appreciate that. So I'm eating in, at lunch at, at my work, and I get this little plastic. And, oh, I, just because if I turn it with this hand, it would slip in this hand. If I turn it with this, couldn't get enough. So I got a bite and a heart, and just nothing couldn't open that to save my life. Now what do I do? humbly, meekly, go out into the, there's a little area outside my office where there's a microwave and, a, and people congregate there and eat. And I always kind of eat by myself. And, and so I gave it to one, like, Pete, hey, Pete, can you open this? And so Pete's like, you know, waiting for like the snakes to pop out. And I'm like, no, it's just salad dressing. And he just gives it a little tiny, and I had to explain the whole thing and live at that humiliating place again. Yeah, stuck to the ladder on the side of the house, couldn't get off, what a knucklehead. And it, God, heal me. Just heal me. Why won't you just heal me? He, can he? Well, obviously. Why doesn't he? Because it's not his will to heal me. He wants me to go through this season. Does he have me ministering to my physical therapist or doctor, or does he just want to humble me? I don't know the answer to all these things. But every time I go through a, a, a season in my life, I just say, Lord, whatever you're trying to teach me, please teach me, especially these unpleasant seasons where I don't want to visit again. I do a lot more miracles, but I do so many, it wouldn't be very miraculous anymore. <laughs> Anytime you ask me anything, yeah, sure, you get it, because that's how I am. Now, God is wise. Me, I'm stupid. I might be nice, but I'm stupid. Uh, if, I had, if I ask you, who's smarter, me or God? Nobody's going to, gee, I wonder the answer to that question. Everyone knows, okay? God is wise. Me, I'm kind of a knucklehead. We, we all get that. Uh, he, he doesn't waste these things. He brings us through them for such and such a reason. And he's always having, he's always doing his work in our life. Is it good that I suffer? Much as I hate to say yes, the answer to that question is yes. 
Is it, is it good to be humiliated? Or is it good that I'm more humble? <laughs> we don't even have to visit there. The answer is obviously yes. He's, but he's bearing them witness with both signs and wonders and diverse miracles. The reason for miracles is the kindness of God, but also to bear witness to the word of God. That's why the, Jesus was attended by miracles. You say, well, he was the miracle. He's the God everyone was praying to. He could do whatever he wanted to, but he always prayed to God. Yeah, and signs, but even in Jesus' day, not everyone was, uh, uh, I don't think everyone understands this. There's a pool of Bethesda. He goes in there. There's all kinds of lame, impotent folk around that. And the Bible tells us there's one guy there that's been there 38, can you imagine, 38 years on his bed. Well, the angel comes and he stirs up the water. That's a little bit troubling. And whoever steps in first, they get healed. And Jesus says, hey, you want to be healed? Well, I can't. And he starts with the excuses. You ever knew a guy like that? Where every time you ask him a thing, they start throwing up roadblocks why this is impossible. That's been around for a long, long time. Jesus, you want to be healed? You know, push come to sub. Yeah, I'd like to. I can't be, but I mean, I'd like to. Jesus says, hey, pick up your bed and walk. What happened there? 38 years of atrophy, of tendons, of nerve damage, of, of muscle uh, atrophying away. Suddenly he's, all that stuff is, a, I'm, he must have snap, crackled, and popped right back into place. Jumps up, handles bed, and thinks, no, this is crazy. I've been upright in a while. Whoa, it's way up here. <laughs> you know, does he get a nosebleed being up that high? I don't even know. And so now he's walking away, and he's like, why are you carrying your bed on the Sabbath? Uh, the guy will heal, and it go, on it goes. And then Jesus walks away. What about all those other people? It's his prerogative. Did he heal everybody all the time? I think he healed people who asked. And he doesn't always work, but that's the reason for the miraculous. So later on, uh, Jesus ascends to heaven, and and the Holy Spirit comes. And uh, is what Paul is saying, is that true? As Paul goes to Derbe and Lystra and Corinth, and and then there's miracles attending. And then here's Peter going around and stuff like this. Is what Peter's saying true? And then the miracles attend, because this is what this is all about. God also bearing them witness both with signs and wonders, with diverse miracles, and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. It's always by the will of God, both gifts and miracles. Is that, is that bothersome to you? God's wise and God's good. So why is you pray for this one and they don't die and you pray for this one and they do die? Why is that? I don't know. I mean, listen, can I just be honest? I don't know. And God's good. It glorifies him to let this one come home. So you'd, you'd, you'd keep healing everybody. We'd have 87 billion people on the world. You'd just heal everybody. And God'd say, no, no, no. It's, I, I, I know how to do this, okay? Uh, now, keep going. For unto the angels hath he not put in subjection the world to come whereof we speak. Uh, the world's not controlled by angels. It kind of is by one, but we'll get there. For once in a certain place testified, saying, What is man thou art mindful of him, or the son of man that thou visitest him? Thou hast made him a little lower than the angels. Thou crownest him with glory and honor, and didn't set him over the works of thy hands. Now that's from uh, Psalm 8, 4, 5, and 6. Can we go there? Because it's kind of instructive, I think, in what, what, what we're thinking about. So Psalm 8. To the chief musician upon Gittith, a psalm of David, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth! who has set thy glory above the heavens. Uh, heaven's glorious? <laughs> yeah. Even with the naked eye, 
The heavens are glorious. Is God's glory above the heavens? Yeah, he's the creator of the heavens. Enough said. Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings hast thou ordained strength because of thine enemies that thou mightest still the enemy and the avenger. When I consider the heavens, the work of thy fingers, it's, his, it's, 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 it's God dabbling. It's his finger work. God's finger painting. And now we're looking like, oh my, is this stuff breathless? God just playing, dabbling. You know, it, the work of thy fingers. It's his own arm that bought salvation. That was a, that was a work. That, that, that was some heavy lifting there. The creation, finger work. When I consider the heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained, what is man? <laughs> Where are we in this grand scheme of things? What a man that thou hast been mindful of him or the son of man that thou visitest him? Have you ever thought of this? Jesus thinks about you. We'd call it obsessive if it wasn't such a pejorative term. Yeah, I mean, he, he thinks of, what is his thoughts towards you? Oh, like the sand by the seashore, innumerable. Was he obsessed with me or something like that? You can call it that if you, if you want to. He collects your tears in a bottle. Does he ever not think about you? Huh. What, what is man? I mean, just generally, never mind just me personally. What's man generally that, you, that you're mindful of him? With so many termites running around this terrestrial ball and God loves termites? What is man that thou art mindful of him? Or the son of man that thou visitest him? For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels. Where are you in the grand scheme of things? Can I tell you something? You're a little lower than the angels. Does that bother you? I always say this. It's, I think it's better to be a little lower than the angels for a time than be a little higher than the apes. Do I believe in the fairy tale of evolution? I don't. Okay, I believe we're made a little lower than the angels. But that's only for the present time. Are we going to judge angels? Yeah. Are we going to reign over angels? Listen, what's coming to you? Everything that is. Is that what's coming to the angels? In the kingdom, are you going to rule and reign with Christ a thousand years? Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that hard to get your mind around? Sounds like a fairy tale. No, no, it's absolutely going to happen. Angels going to reign? No. This is what this is is telling us. You made him a little lower than the angels. You crowned him with glory and honor. That's to say mankind. Thou madest him have dominion over the works of thy hand. Thou hast put all things under his feet. Hey, Adam, take care of everything. It's all in your control. All sheep, ox, and yea, the beasts of the field, the fowl of the air, the fish of the sea, and whatsoever passes through the paths path of the sea. Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. Let's go back. Now, is Jesus greater than the angels? Yeah, how do we know? Because he, God made him a little lower than the angels. Wait, what? <laughs> God made Jesus a little lower than the angels. That's how we know he's greater than the angels? Yeah. Can I prove that? One, we already saw Jesus Christ is the creator of the angelic host. In a certain place you testified, verse 6, what is man thou art mindful of him, or the son of man that thou visitest him? Is that son of man general, mankind? I think so. Is it son of man specifically speaking about Jesus Christ, the son of man? Yes, I believe so. You made him a little lower than the angels. 
The creator of the, of the angels was made a little lower than the angels. Just to say he was made man. This is big in my thing. This is huge in my thing. I spent a lot of time here. And the limits of my vocabulary, I'm kind of ashamed of. I wish I was able to explain the grandness, the magnitude, the incredibleness of the fact that Jesus was made at one time a little lower than the angels. You made him a little lower than the angels. You crowned him with glory and honor. Speaking of man or speaking of Jesus Christ, yes, both. And you did set him over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things in subjection under his feet. Is that true of mankind? Yes. Is that true of Jesus? Yes. But it's only true of mankind in Christ. If you're in hell, do you think, you're sub- you're, you think anything is under your feet? If you're falling eternally, I don't know how anything's under your feet, but you think you're the master over anything in hell. People say, I'd rather rule in hell than serve in heaven. You're a moron. You, you, you're theologically inept. You don't know anything. What are you ruling over? Fire? Darkness? Worms that chew away at you? What, 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 what are you talking about? In Christ, all things are put in subjection under our feet because everything's put in subjection under his feet. For in that he put all in subjection under him, he left nothing that is not put under him, including angels, that for a time being he was put under them. By putting under them, he inherits all things. He had to go through a process, and we'll talk about that a little bit. But now we see not yet all things put under him. This is important. What do you see now? doesn't look like Jesus Christ is ruling everything. Anyone agree with that statement? doesn't look like Jesus Christ is ruling. People, don't people throw us in our face all the time? If there's a God, he's a God of love, how come? And now they're going to talk about all the ills that we see. If God's a God of love, why are there wars? Why is there famine? Why is there plague, suffering, misery, rape, hostility, inadequate housing, racism, sexism, thisism, thatism? Why is the world so bad if God's so good? Well, we don't see everything under Jesus' feet yet. We did for a while, enjoy a season. How long of a while? Who knows that, right? How long was Adam and Eve in Eden before they were given the boot, the old heave-ho? It was a perfect world. And there was no war and inadequate housing. And go ahead and populate that list. There was no tooth decay. There was no racism. Whatever you, whatever you want to say. God says, here, Enjoy. Did they? I'm sure. I'm sure. Every every meal, just pick a tree or one tree. <laughs> Any of just pick off a tree, eat it, and and they would eat the cherries or pears or asparagus and the most delicious cherries, pears or asparagus. I mean, everything you love now is what God made, but now it's under the. It, now it's post-fall. Has it been affected by the fall? Sure, everything is. Everything you know is affected by the fall. Everything is. Everything became subject to deterioration. I think that's the second law of thermodynamics. When that started happening, everything's moving towards randomness and decay. We have everything started going wrong at that time. And the obvious things that went wrong is their relationship with God. All of a sudden, they're hiding. Hiding from God. That never happened before. 
Sin will still make you hide from God. My heart aches. Hey, we have a remedy for that. We can fix that. And the people hide from God still. It's sadder than sad. And if you're accusing this world of being not what it should be and then blaming God, wait, 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 wait. One, Jesus hasn't taken control of it. When Jesus is in control of this world, you won't have any criticism. You will not. You'll say, he doeth all things well, like the old hymn. That's what you'll say. And in the interim, you don't want war, don't participate, don't kill. I'm pretty sure he has a rule in place. Thou shalt not do no murder, right? Thou shalt not steal. Oh, man, the other day I got my, somebody broke in and they ripped off my this and that and that. God didn't tell that to happen. Now, he allows free will. And everyone is, wants to limit everyone else's free will, but we want to have our own free will intact. I'm sorry, it doesn't work that way. God has given us free will. And the majority of our decisions are very often poor. And then we see, again, what do you have to do to maintain marriage? You have to work your tail off. What do you have to do to have your marriage dissolved? Nothing. It'll deteriorate all on its own. And again, that's how it works. But he hasn't, he hasn't put all things under his feet yet. For that was put all things in subjection under his feet. For in, that he put all subjection under him, he left nothing that is not put under him. But now we see not yet all things put under him. Is there a time when he's going to? Yeah. We read about in the book of the Revelation, and I don't think we all understand what's going on because we would just read that book every day and would think hallelujah. Hey, listen, there's nobody who can take the scroll from the right hand of him who sits on the throne. Nobody can break the seals, and nobody can o- uh, open it. And John, remember anyone remember what happens, when John, what, what happens to John when he sees that no one's able to take the scroll and open the seals? You remember what happened? He wept. In King James, he wept much. He sobbed convulsively. You're thinking, okay, that man must have wanted to see what was in that scroll. <laughs> Pretty heavy duty. Uh, uh, okay, so we don't get to see what's in the scroll. Big deal. Oh, it's a huge deal. It's a huge deal. John knows it, and we don't know it. And I can teach this, and I can make this very clear to us, so give enough time. But for the short, let me just under- show you something. That's the, that's the title deed to the earth. Okay? Opening it, opening the seals means I can do this. I can redeem, like Boaz and Ruth, which was a precursor to this. You have to understand what, you have to understand that little four chapter book of Ruth to understand the book of Revelation. I mean, you really, really do. So John is sobbing convulsively. Why? Because there's always going to be war, and there's always going to be hunger, and there's always going to be rape and pillage and mayhem and chaos, and things are always going to go from bad to worse, and it's never going to change, and it's never going to get better. And of course he would sob convulsively, because if I keep on this tack, you're going to sob convulsively too. You're going to think, ay, 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 and you're going to sit here praying for death. But wait a second. Then comes strolling out, this 
hey, behold, the line of the Judah, he, the line of the tribe of Judah, he has prevailed. He's able to take the scroll. He can open it up. And then all of heaven breaks out with hallelujahs, chapter 4, chapter 5. Great reading there because of the lion of the tribe of Judah. And John looks and he's the lion of the tribe of Judah. That sounds like very familiar because remember, John is the one who leaned at his breast at the Last Supper. Intimate friends, right? So here, John's saying, lion of the tribe. How can I remember that name? And outstruts this lamb as though it had been slain. What is Jesus' ability to conquer? to redeem. It's based on the fact that he was a lamb slain. Now, this is where we're going in Hebrews. He had to be made a little lower than the angels, that's to say the incarnation, to do what he did to redeem mankind. Was there another way? I don't know. God didn't say, obviously he didn't make another way. To redeem us, he had to become us. You notice he didn't become an angel, and angels don't have opportunity to be redeemed. Or they all chose at the beginning. There was when when the morning stars sang together. The scripture tells us when when God created, and the morning stars, the angels, they sang. Whenever creation rolled around and God started to create, obviously angels were there at this point somehow, whatever. And several of them rebelled. I would say one-third from Revelation chapter 12. And two-thirds said, no, 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 we're remaining with God. And one-third fell, and then we have the demonic host. Still angels, still that are subject to Jesus Christ. We see that in his earthly, even in his earthly. Hey, don't throw us into the abyss. Uh, Please, please, please. I like the fact, you know, there's us and there's them. There's us who follow God and there's them who don't. I like that their boss begs our boss for stuff. I love that, okay, because that just makes me laugh, you know. We see Jesus, verse 9, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death. Now listen, let's take this phrase at a time. But we see Jesus. Listen, this is a cure for so much. We see Jesus. Open the eyes of our heart, Lord. I didn't tell him to play that. Open. We want, to, we want to see you. How many would love to see Jesus? I want to see him <laughs> riding back, coming, trumpet, come on up here. I want to see Jesus. I definitely want to see Jesus. How many would like to have seen him when he's here the first time? We didn't. But we didn't. He brought us to the world for such a time as this. If we saw him then, we'd love him more. How many agree with that? You don't know that. I, I kind of think, no, I'm not yelling at you. I mean, I kind of feel that way too. But we don't know that. Caiaphas saw him. So did Annas. All the people, crucify him. We have no king but Caesar. Give us Barabbas. They all saw Jesus. Listen, faith is key. Open the eyes of our heart, Lord. It's a heart thing. It's not a sight thing. Now think about it. We would see him too. You can, because we have faith. I see him in my life working and bringing me to that place of victory over sin. I see him blessing my marriage. I see him blessing my job. You know what it is to be a Christian? It's to show up everywhere with Jesus. 
I was, somebody was challenging me through one of the podcasts I was listening to. I went to this meeting in Augusta on Thursday. And I go to meetings in Augusta and things like that. It's part of my job. And the senator, uh, there was a, a group explaining this program, blah, blah, blah. And the senator, who was our senator, she was there. And she's a Christian. She's a lovely, loves the Lord, just genuine, the real deal, Christian. And she works in Augusta. The belly of the beast. Trust me, Suze was there. Crazy happens once you drive in that. Maybe not the shop. Maybe you can't perceive it. If you get down there and you think, I'm going to vote. I'm going to help these people see God. And I'm going to bring God's righteousness to bear here in Augusta. You will. All the demons of hell are not indifferent to your... You'll, you'll see, it's living in the belly of the beast. So I, I know that because I was married to somebody who spent you know, three terms there. And I, I determined when I went to this meeting, I said, Lord, go and you go with me and we'll, we'll have a time and keep me alert. And so I felt like, you know, the end of the meeting, God told me, she needs prayer, my senator. And see, everyone was talking. I just waited, I just waited, I waited. And it was my turn. I said, went over and said, I want to pray for you. And she was... <gasps> Really? Yeah, okay. So I prayed. And I really felt like, you know, and then when, I, when I pray, I always get, <laughs> I get myself so emotional. Because I do. I don't know why. Because I'm talking to God. And he, he hears. And he's, can I say he's thrilled to have me cry out to him? And it meant a lot to her. I think she get all kind of teary and stuff like that. We're in a room full of a lot of people. It wasn't anything nefarious going on. Of course not. Of course not. A man of God after all. And so I thought that was like, you know, hey, so I go to this meeting I'm like with my boss, and if I sound like a goober or I don't know what I'm talking about, I didn't take Jesus with me. I would go to these meetings and I said, Lord, go with me. So I, maybe when I come out on the other end of it, I'll sound like I know something or I'm kind of worth having around, worth being part of the team. It makes all the difference. Take Jesus with you in your relationships, on your, in, your, in your leisure time, in your do I come home? How many people think this of me? I'm coming home, right? And, and I got a pressure cooker of a job, and I really do. I'm coming home, and I got to let off a little steam. So I stop at the gin mill, and I have a few. It's happy hour. No, nothing sadder in the world than happy hour, right? I have a few, you know, hydraulics, and get back in my car, practice my drunk driving. I do that two, three times a week just to let off a little steam. How many think that happens? What would happen if it did? Might you know to drag me away in cuffs, drunk driving? God forbid I should run somebody over. I don't. I don't do that. Why? Choose to sin. Choose to suffer. That's the whole thing. That wouldn't help. That wouldn't help. So now I'm in. She has to come bail me out when I make that phone call. The, the smart odds are that she would hang up on me, okay? So I'd call somebody who would actually come and bail me out, right? She'd say, you can rot, you knucklehead. Uh, so, um, and rightfully so, by the way. But anyway, uh, I, I'd, I'd have to get bailed out, and then I'd have to go, I wouldn't be able to drive, and I'd have to go to that weekend in jail. And then I'd have to go to that class they give you, and then my rates would go right through the roof. And she has to drive me to work every day. I'd get fired, of course. I don't think I'll do that. <laughs> that's not, that's not, that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. 
Um, I don't know where I was going. But we see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death. That's why he was made a little lower than the angels. That's why he's greater than the angels. Because for a time he was made a little lower than the angels. Why? For the suffering of death. Because he couldn't die when he was God. Did he die? Yeah, yeah. Did God die? Yeah, his humanity. By the way, when he became human, I, I, I want to go over this with you. I always want you to understand it. 100% God, 100% human. He added humanity to his divinity. He didn't take away any of his divinity. We see Jesus was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death. And because of that, crowned with glory and honor that he by the grace of God should taste death for every man. Is that important? Only to your, only to your salvation. If you want to go to heaven? Yeah, it's very important. He and when he said he tasted, you know, it's not like he just like took a little sip. You know, when somebody says, "Here, try this," and you're like unsure, and you, you put it to your lips, and just no, that's not what he did. He tasted death for every man. He took the cup of the wrath of Almighty God and he drained it to the dregs. He tasted death for every man. For it, it became him by whom are all things. That means he created. It became him. It's very becoming. We don't use that term anymore, but we should. Oh, that's very becoming. It's lovely. It's fitting. That's very nice on you. It's very becoming. It became him. It was, it was more than fashionable. It was, it was becoming on him. For whom are all things, that's talking about him as the creator, in bringing many sons, and by whom are all things, so he made all things, all things are by him, in bringing many sons unto glory. We see that old hymn, you know, bring many sons to glory. Now you can count on that he's talking about sons and daughters. So if you're thinking equal opportunity, you're exactly correct. It's many children. He brought people to salvation. How? By becoming a little low in the angels, putting on humanity, tasting of death. This is the glory of Jesus Christ. He's not this far away out there yeah, is there a God? Yeah, I don't know. I kind of like the idea that maybe there's a divine being out there. No, no, no. He's a handy God. I prayed to him. He answers. He's responsive. Does he know what we're going through? Oh, yeah, only in every situation. Lord, I'm being tempted right now. D does he know anything about temptation? I think so. We'll learn about that Wednesday night. Jesus and and, and Satan down in the Judean wilderness duking it out. And Satan bringing his best, his A game, positively. Poor Satan. He, he's up against Jesus. He's not going to do so well. I don't want to give away a, a the ending here. But he was tempted like us in all things. Jesus, I'm being tempted right this instant. Can you show up? Can you help me? What's the answer to that prayer? Yeah. Yeah, I can. Does the temptation go away? No, no. We're going to walk through it together. Well, take the temptation away. That's not my will. I'm going to show you how to battle. I'm going to show you how to... You, I'm not going to change your heart. I'm going, to, I'm going to, little by little, maybe imperceptibly, I'm going to deliver you to the other side of it. And you don't have to sin. You don't have to go to the gin mill and get drunk. You can, you can do what I call on you to do. You can, we can do this together. Bringing many sons to glory. To make the captain of this salvation perfect through sufferings. He understands what it is to suffer. There's nothing you've ever gone through. Oh, yeah, Jesus, easy for you to say, I'm here dying, but you don't care. He says, I do care, as a matter of fact. I know a little bit something about death. As a matter of fact, it's only the shadow of death. It's not like, it's not like being run over by a Mack truck. It's being run over by the shadow of a Mack truck. I've gone before. I've prepared the way. You're not gonna, when you close your eyes, you're going to step into nothingness and just be fallen, screaming the rest of eternity. 
You're going to be stepping into the light. You think it's light now. You open your eyes on the other side. Oh, my. He tasted death. He prepared the way. He's done everything. This is a great salvation he's given us. And many more thoughts that I can't come up with. He's, he's the captain of our salvation. And he's made perfect or mature through suffering. He added this to his repertoire. He, he, God, how many times has God suffered in the past before Jesus Christ came to the earth? And Jesus knew all the gamut of suffering. Loneliness. He had his mom called vile names. Have you ever had somebody call your mother really bad names? He understood that. He knows what it is. His, 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 his siblings didn't understand him. They thought he was crazy. He was saying he's a lot of Lord of the Sabbath. And they're all thinking like, yikes, he's lost his mind. They go to collect him, you know, to bring him into the Waldorf hysteria, to put him in a rubber room. He's lost himself. He understands what it is to suffer, to be for people not to understand, to, perp- per- to purposefully not understand, to, to hassle and harass and dog him and say all manner of evil against him falsely. He understands all that. There's nothing you got where you bring to him and you say, oh yeah, he's it for you, God. You don't understand. He's like, oh, I don't understand. I think I understand. And this was the perfection, the maturing, the, 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 this, this is what he added to, to make him the captain of our salvation. He's not the general of our salvation, the one back at headquarters pointing, go take that foxhole. He's the one running up the hill ahead of us, taking on. When he comes back and defeats Satan, you know, he's, at the, he's in the front of the battle. As a matter of fact, he's the only one in the battle. We're, we're, we're there, armed to the teeth. Yeah, to watch, I think. He's just going to gloriously win the day. For both he that sanctifieth and they who are sanctified, which is us, are all of one. For this cause he is not ashamed to call them uh, brethren. That, this is one of the uh, craziest verses in the whole New Testament. He's not ashamed to call us brethren. I would be. Sometimes I am. I see Christians doing crazy things. I see some of the things Christians are teaching out there. I'm ashamed. He's not ashamed. Sometimes we're ashamed of him. What, what do you, we have no right. That's crazy talk. He's done everything. And we're like, I don't know if I want to say Jesus because people think I'm like loopy or something like that. Really? We have no right. He has every right to be ashamed of us, and he's not. That's crazy. He loves us. Saying, I will declare thy name unto my brethren. In the midst of the church will I sing praise unto thee. I'm going to teach everyone, by, by the way, that's from Psalm 22, 22, if we had time to go and look at it. I'm going to sing praise with all my brothers. Is what, Jesus' worship leader forever? He does sing. And it says at Peter's funeral, I think, I got to look around, there's a lot of uh, inquisitive, he will sing over us with joy, it says in Zechariah. Uh, I can't imagine Jesus singing over us happily. Again, is he a worship leader forever? I, I don't know. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, behold, I am the children which God hath given me. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same. What's that? Flesh and blood. That through death he might destroy him that had the power of death. That is the devil. I just look at the, the plan of God. What an incredible plan. From creation past, they're going to fall. I'm going to go rescue them. The wages of sin is death. I'm going to die on their behalf. 
People always say, why did God make Satan? I, why did he make anyone, any being with a free choice, including you and me? Because in free choice, we get to decide. We get to choose God. We get to choose love. We get to choose salvation. We get to choose Jesus. And he made the, that power to choose worth something. I choose life. He's like, uh, amen, stamp of approval. You have eternal life forever. How can he do that? Because he became a man, because he died for us, because he made the way back to God possible. And deliver them through who fear of death who are a lifetime subject to bondage. I want to talk about fear of death here briefly. I'm going to go over a couple minutes. Now. Just don't get real super nervous on me. Just a couple minutes, okay? Hang with me. Are you afraid? Do you have a fear of death? And by the way, the answer is no. Nobody has fear of death. That's, that's, that's satanic. Are you afraid to die? Many of you would say yes, including me. You have a fear of death. No, I'm going to walk through death on the other side. Uh, it's going to be like Norma Chiz. Everyone's going to Adam, and they're going to be in heaven, and what people will welcome me, people I've never met before will know me intimately, I know them, and it'll be eternal blessing and great, and God's there. I have no fear of death. Zero. I'll kill you. Yeah, don't threaten me with a good time. I love the idea of going to be with heaven. Now, dying... I'm not too, uh, there's a lot of ways I don't want to die, right? Plane crash, kind of sudden jolt, but that'll put you over the other side in a hurry, right? A lot of pain, you know, getting eaten by a shark, not my, you know. I, I go through them all, but you'll have nightmares, for, and then you'll call, call me up in the middle of the night. You shouldn't have talked about We don't have fear of death. We may have fear of dying. And that's perfectly reasonable, okay? And I make that distinction because I say we don't have any fear of death. And people come up and say, I don't want to be electrocuted. I don't want to be. Yeah, I understand. I understand that. But on the other side, being with God, we don't care about that. The method of getting there, we kind of care about somewhat. I mean, if I have my way, I'm going to die of rapturitis. I'm going to hear a trumpet blast, hear my name, come up here and just be there. If not, I'd like to die in my sleep. I'd like to, you know, go to sleep, have whatever coronary aneurysm, whatever, and just wake up in glory. That'd be, that'd be a good day, like, you know, oh, whoa, this is awesome. Just like all of it. Wouldn't that be good? I have no fear of being over there. None. Uh, again, the method getting there, well, uh, if I had my choices, there's a suggestion box in heaven, I don't think so. <laughs> but we have prayer. And he delivers us to fear of death with a lifetime subject. You know how many people have afraid of dying? Everybody who's not you. Everybody. Everybody. Yeah, some, some will act all cavalier like they don't care. Well, they care. And the ones who say they don't care the most probably the ones who care the, the, the very most. Everyone has fear of standing before God and starting to say, well, yeah, well, uh, yeah, well. everyone fears that unless you're not smart enough to fear that. Not us. He's delivered us from the fear of death. All our lives we were subject to bondage. People, it amazes them when I say, I'm not afraid of dying. What I mean is, I'm not afraid of what awaits me on the other side. For verily, he took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. He didn't save the angels, he saved us. Why is he mentioned Abraham? Didn't he take on the seed of Adam? Yeah. But he mentions Abraham specifically because he was the father of faith. And it's through faith that 
we have the benefit for him coming to he didn't save everyone ever always as a matter of fact it's the minority what minority seed of abraham i mean it's a big number but it's always we're always less than the big number wherefore in all things it, beca- it behooved him to be made unto un- made like unto his brethren that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest to things pertaining to god to make reconciliation for the sins of his people that's what priests do that's what he's done for us. We okay with God? Did Jesus die for you? Yeah. We okay with God? Does God get a, like a list of stuff like, oh, when I get her, when I get him, my presence, oh. No. Are we going to stand before God and try to give an account for the sins we did? There's no accounting. Nor is it necessary. Adam, why did you, because I'm a knucklehead sinner, of course, is the answer. You think God asks obvious questions that he doesn't know, that he already knows the answer to? That'll never happen. It'll never happen. Why? Well, Lord, didn't Jesus pay the penalty for all that? Didn't you throw my sins into the depths of the ocean? Didn't you remove them from me as far as the east is from the west? The answer is yes, yes, yes. We ain't making, we ain't accounting for our sin. It's done. For in him, for in that he himself hath suffered being tempted, he's able to succor them that are tempted. Succor means help. He's able to help them that are tempted. Please understand this one thing. You're going to go through it this week. What are you going to do? Call on Jesus. He shows up with all the power, with all the resources, with all the wisdom, with all the strength, with all the, oh, you don't understand Jesus. He's like, oh, no, 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 child. I so, so understand. He's not indifferent to our suffering he's not indifferent to our temptation he totally totally gets it or plan b i'm not going to call him i'm going to give into the temptation i'm going to sin that's that's an option it is more people i know take advantage of that option more more often Choose to sin, choose to suffer. You'll call me up, oh, this and this and this happened. I'll say, well, why did you? Because there won't be a good reason for that. And then why has my life gone sideways? Why is she leaving me? Why am I going to jail? Why am I, why am I, why am I, why am I? Why is the Lord not really close? Why is, why is that drift starting to happen? You know, okay. <coughs> I'm sorry, I've gone a couple minutes over. Let's stand, let's pray. I didn't manage my time very well. I was hoping to get into chapter 3 a little bit, but I trust that this is important stuff to us. Father, we thank you for this great salvation. Do we neglect it? Oh, no, no. Oh, no, no, no. We've we've thrown ourselves into the salvation head first. We enjoy it. We love it. We thank. And Lord, perhaps there's some here in the sound of my voice who either aren't living in the victory that you've promised or haven't even tasted it a little bit yet. Either way, Lord, by your graciousness, invite them. Work on their heart to show them there's a better way. Oh, Father, we thank you and we praise you and for this time in the Word and just, Lord, help to make a difference going forward today, tomorrow, later on, next day and the day after that, Lord. We want to call on you. We want to walk with you together in life. We would see Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. It is our desire to get God's word out to all. 
so our podcasts and everything else downloaded from our website is free. But we do have expenses, and if you feel led to give a dollar for this resource, please go ahead and click the Give tab on our website at plowboyministries.org. Grace and peace. And everything I want out dear, I count it all as loss. Lead me to the cross where your love pours.